This is Dating After Death, a podcast sorting out all the complicated emotions that come along with looking for love again after losing our forever person. And I am your currently anonymous host. At the start of the pandemic in 2020, March, April, the beginning of May, my little family was thriving. We had always been the kind of people that were constantly on the go, tons of social events, concerts, dinners. We said yes to everything. And the pandemic was forced relaxation and downtime and togetherness. And we were loving it. I wasn't expecting that since I'm a on-the-go kind of girl, but I knew my husband was loving it. He always appreciated some time to chill. There were some stressful times with remote school and all of the other complications of quarantining for the first time in our lives. But overall, we were just having so much fun. It really highlighted the fact that my husband and I really loved each other and really liked each other a lot. I mean, he'd still come down in the morning and grab my ass on the way to get his coffee and try to sneak in quickies when the kids were playing. And we were just thriving. Until one weekend, we had an outdoor gathering to celebrate his brother's engagement. Had a great day together. And by the nighttime, he was writhing in pain. Dropped him off at the ER, figuring it was nothing. The next day, he was in the ICU. And at 3 a.m., I got that phone call that nobody ever wants to get. And then I sat with my dad on the couch for many hours, waiting for my kids to wake up to tell them that their dad was never coming home again. Somehow, daddy's tummy ache turned into daddy's death. And obviously, that changed our lives forever. That goes without saying. That was the hardest day of my life, but every day after has also been really challenging. Not to say there haven't been good days, there really have been. And there continues to be hope and joy and excitement and love in life. But things are hard as a young grieving widow who's raising two kids alone. I mean, with a community of people who are incredible and wonderful and more supportive than I think I ever expected. But day to day, it's still really hard. In the middle of the night, I vividly remember thinking through every thought that you might expect, plus a million that I think shocked me, many of which were things like, what about Christmas morning? And what about the kids' weddings? And how could I never have another living memory of him again? And what if I forget him? And all of these things. And even in those lonely hours where I was processing the shock of my husband's death, I thought to myself, I hope I'm not alone for the rest of my life. I loved being married. I chose marriage young. We got married when I was 23 because I thrive with other people and in partnership and companionship. And I want to do my life in community with people. And that includes, hopefully, another love relationship one day. Of course, in that moment, that thought was fleeting and It took me most of the first year to ever allow those thoughts to creep back into my mind. Little things here and there, but by and large, this was not a predominant thought. My predominant thought was more, I can't imagine ever loving someone again. How could I create a life with somebody new? 
But then something happened. My brother-in-law had his wedding and it was very small, a COVID wedding. And I ended up making out with one of the groomsmen. (laughs) It's not like I went into the night with this planned, but there were plenty of cocktails, mostly to help me cope with the fact that my husband wasn't there. Then there was dancing. And then I remember turning to this guy and just saying to him, I really want to make out with you. I'm not going to sleep with you, but I really want to make out with you. And he was like, essentially, great. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) And we did. And it was amazing and exciting. And I felt very alive, which I had not since my husband's death. And I remember calling my girlfriend the next day and saying, you are not going to believe what happened. I just had the most unexpected and incredible night. It was so much fun and just feeling so much joy. That relationship was short lived. It was wonderful for what it was, which was someone to keep me company and help me sort of process just even the idea of another man in my life. In that process, I felt very grateful for the fact that I could see glimpses of my old self and glimpses of a joy in a life ahead. So that experience really pushed me to put myself out there online, which felt sort of maybe even shameful. I don't love that word, but that's how it felt. I wanted some story that was like, oh, I met somebody randomly and we happened to fall in love or... A friend set us up and it was just too good and I had to date him. But no, putting myself out there as a young widowed mother felt like it was a statement that I wasn't even sure I was ready to make. But I just decided to go for it. And my cousin, who has a lot of experience in the online dating world, gave me some great tips like, listen, if you're going to pay for a babysitter, set up multiple dates in one night, because within the first two minutes of talking to somebody, you know if you like their energy or not. So just spend an hour with each person, tell them you're meeting girlfriends before or after, and just make a night of it and meet a bunch of people. I thought that was both hilarious and very efficient. And so I did that. And I went on a few dates the first time I went on dates in like 17 years. It was fine and nice. I ended up going on about 10 different dates from the online world, most of which were okay, and one which was great. And I am still dating that guy today. And we have a very loving, wonderful relationship. And that relationship is not without the complications of me being a widow, also the things that he brings to the table, which I think actually we're doing a pretty good job navigating. Back in September, I heard something on Instagram about how Dating, sex, love after losing your forever person was a very taboo topic. And while I totally understand that because of the fear of judgment, I also felt like, yes, and it's something we have to talk about because so many of us are going to want to engage in finding love again. There are millions of just Americans who are widowed, and I would venture to guess many of them would love companionship again. So I decided to start an anonymous Instagram page since I was in the midst of dating. And I thought I'd just share my thoughts about my experience alone in the off chance that it might help some other people. It's anonymous mostly because I'm a teacher and there are things about dating as a widow that feel like things you're not supposed to say and supposed to think. I needed to know other people felt those things as well, which is why I started the page. But the Instagram page is mostly just about my experience. 
And while I've connected with a bunch of you, I'm just taking the thoughts out of my head, but I'm just one person. And as a collective, we come from so many different life experiences and backgrounds and we're different ages. Our marriages were different. Our dating experiences will be different as well. And I really want to hear from you. I want to hear about the complications of dating as a widow and the joys and excitements or the things that are holding you back. And that's what this podcast is about. Learning from each other, hearing each other's stories, and knowing that we're not alone. We really deserve love again if that's what we seek. I don't know about you, but I'm really hopeful for that. I didn't choose widowhood, but I will choose to have some freaking fun dating after death. And I hope you do too.